When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tennis now, and it wasn't to be overnight for Michael Venus and his Canadian partner Bianca Andrescu in the mixed doubles final at Roland Garros, uh, going down to Tim Pertz and uh, Maya Kartu, uh, 4 6 6 4 uh, 10 6. Uh, a great effort, though, by uh, Michael Venus. Again, all things considered, though, he is still showing he is one of the premier doubles players on the circuit, be it uh, men's doubles or mixed doubles. Uh, the men's semi-finals are tonight with one of the most anticipated head-to-head clashes in recent times with uh, Novak Djokovic taking on Carlos uh, Alcaraz Garcia on the menu. Uh, and also um, it is uh, interesting to to note that Casper uh, Ruud will be taking on Zeref, uh, the German as well. So very interesting tonight. Right, uh, when we come to tennis in this country, love talking to David Mustard about the whole deal. Of course, a former Davis Cup player and ATP pro himself. David, uh, good morning to you. Ian, how are you? I'm uh, looking forward to some, some big matches coming up on the clay. And it's, Ian, it's quite funny because um, I think Daniel Medvedev was quite a classic, uh, the Russian player, when he said that um, every bounce is a bad bounce and even what is a good bounce, you're expecting a bad bounce when he was talking about clay, which I thought was a, was a classic for him going out first round of the clay courts. But, yeah, anyway, look, uh, you, know, you know, I just found that quote quite extraordinary from Medvedev, who I find quite funny, to be honest. Yeah, well, he is. Uh, you you kind of look at him and you think he's a fairly drab sort of human and, uh, you know, not a, exactly what tennis needs in terms of uh, being up and about and out there. But um, clearly, uh, as you say, he's got uh, quite a wicked sense of humour in that regard. Um, but just uh, before we get on to tonight, uh, David, pretty good effort from Michael Venus and Bianca Andreescu uh, in the mixed doubles. And uh, he's had a terrific doubles career over the years, Michael. Yeah, I mean, Michael's won the French Open in doubles before. Um, he's always played the mix at all the slams as well. Um, you know, and a lot of the reason why that happens with the, with the men's doubles, which is, you know, he's been top 10 in the world in doubles and made the Masters and what have you. Um, he's always just been a very solid doubles, mixed doubles player. And, and remember, they're playing mixed now a lot more because uh, there's more financial gain to do that. So uh, to, to give you an idea in on that, it's interesting, the, the, um, the winning pair... Um, split 122,000 euro to win that event, so it's very worthwhile playing in the midst of it now. And I think, uh, I think Michael um, Andrescu would have walked away with maybe about 30,000 euro each for for their efforts uh, for the couple of weeks. So, you know, it's great. And, and Michael said himself they had their chances in the second set. They had their chances, um, but he, you know, he, 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 you know, they all know each other so well. Um, on the doubles course, and has so much respect. And he said, "Look, we had our chances, but we just didn't quite get there. Ten six in the breaker, in the in the third set. So unfortunate, um, but great effort." Yeah, and very interesting too, because he he played a lot of doubles with Tim Pertz from memory, um, uh, men's doubles, of course. And uh, Maya Maya Kato, uh, the Japanese player, she was the one that was, um, I think, uh, controversially. Her and her partner are eliminated um, from the uh, women's doubles because she hit a, a ball girl with a tennis ball. Is that right? 
Yeah, look, it's a hard one because the ruling there was about, you know, it's supposed to be if you do it in malice or anger, there's there's a whole lot of wording in there in the in the rules for the WTA and ATP and ITF, which which handle the uh, the uh, ATP events or the, or the Grand Slams. But in the ruling, um, it's about malice. Well, well, it wasn't malice at all, really. And and to be honest with you, um, I think they've come out. It may not have been exactly put out there, but. I know from someone who, who kind of knew the umpire, blah, 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 whatever, saying that, yes, she hit someone in the neck. They believe that the umpire made the wrong decision on that particular circumstance. Unfortunately, Kato lost all her, um, lost about 21,000 euro and also her points under the ruling. But I think they may reinstate that, but obviously they can't play the match again because uh, it was ended there and then. So she was under quite emotional stress. So this was doubly big for her to, to take out this particular title, the 28-year-old, in the mix. Yeah, very stressful time for her, I'm sure, because, of course, his partners are involved as, as well. Now, let's get to tonight, shall we, because uh, this is a, a fascinating dual list. We're doing a 20-year-old, Carlos Alcaraz Garcia, already... Ten titles to his name at the age of 20, David. Uh, career record of 125 and 34, which is a 78% strike rate. 14.2 million in the bin. Um, up against the man, Novak Djokovic. How do you, how do you see this going? Well, another one of the, the statements that came out. Carlos uh, Alcaraz, the next big thing in tennis. And then they got Djokovic, the current big thing in tennis. Djokovic, 22 slams. This is his 45th Grand Slam semi-final. He has all the experience in the world. But just coming into the season, it's 25-4 and on a win-loss record, whereas Alcaraz, 35-3. What that basically means is consistency-wise, Alcaraz is there. He won Barcelona-Madrid leading in um, under a bit of an injury cloud when he played in Rome or what have you. Um, you know, but, but let's face it, Alcaraz has lost one set in the tournament. He's lost, and uh, Djokovic is two sets. And when you analyse all this... You, you, you're looking at what they're coming in with, and on on paper, um, pretty much Alcaraz is actually the favourite. Um, Djokovic, though, the longer it goes, you've got to play into a little bit into Djokovic's hand. You know, they're both incredibly fit athletes. Alcaraz can run forever as well, but he tends to maybe not be quite as accurate under pressure, um, and he's going to have to really rely on that. Djokovic could. Look, to be honest, I want Alcaraz to win. I just have, I just feel that he's got all the goods, um, incredible maturity at the age of 20. Um, but Djokovic, you know, it's tough, and he's going for his 23rd slam. I mean, this is huge, and he's 36 years old compared to a 20-year-old. You know, mm. it's, um, it's a hard one. My gut feeling feels like Alcaraz should win. But I don't know. I don't know. Djokovic, when he's when he's hungry, um, he's always in the past come up with the goods in the semi final. You know, so it's it's an interesting one, and I know the predictors are in Alcaraz's favour. It's almost uh, the curtain raiser before the main event because uh, you look at Kasparud, the number four seed, and uh, Alexander Zarev, who's the twenty second seed. What do you make of this one? I mean, uh, I, I watched Kasparud um, against Holger Rune. I thought that was a fascinating match. The young kid tried everything, but he was just too steady, Rude. Yeah, Rune himself in the interview afterwards, or the, you know, post match, said that he he really wasn't strong. When you look at the stats. 
he didn't play great. But I think it's really important when you look at these two players, you know, the history coming in. And then, of course, you know, you're there and then it's, it's now. You can't go back. You can't go forward. You're playing in the moment. But if you look at the stats, uh, Rude really didn't have a good, you know, first part of the season. Um, and then now it's just hit his straps. And, and Zeverev, you know, last year, he obviously, well, he, a lot of people don't know, he had the injury to his ankle when he was playing Nadal. So he had to, he had to do a whole lot of, you know, recouping of, of injury bases. So it's taken him a while to get back to where he is now in the semis. These, these two have played, you know, about three times before Rude won their last one, but that was in 2022 on a hard court. So, but on paper, um, again, if you look at it, Kasparud is very, very good at um, you know defence. Zverev is very offensive player. Um, they can match each other. Um, I just, I just feel that it's in Rude's favour. Um, and the predictors again are sort of even on this. That you know that they're saying that Zverev five sets, uh, Rude in four sets. Um, I personally think, on paper, it should be Rude. Uh, who's coming in um, probably in a little bit better form than Zeverev at this particular time. But it will be interesting in, in, the, in the styles and how they cope with each other. Right, let's uh, look at uh, the women's side of it if we can. Uh, David, please. Uh, Inga Swiantek uh, looks absolutely um, unbeatable, but uh, but is she? That's that's the thing. Um, she uh, is up against Beatrice uh, had uh, um, uh, she she beat uh, Beatrice had admire six two seven six, and of course uh, Carolina Mashova overnight being beating the second seed Sabalenka, which was a surprise. Uh, that in three sets. Swantek, uh, tell us about this uh, phenom that's uh, coming through the women's side of things. Yeah, again, it's a really interesting one, but you, know, you can't you can't get by that uh, Swantek. You know, 22 years of age. She's won the French Open, you know, twice in 2020, 2020. She beat golf in the 2022 final. You know, she's won the US Open. Uh, she's been the form player for a number of years coming in. Um, she's pretty much been pretty dominant, uh, pretty much to the to the to the final. Um, but it's interesting. Again, you know, she had an injury. She had an injury. She's from the Czech Republic. She had an injury. Last year, again, she was told not to play for some time. It actually happened in the French Open as well. So she was out. But what's interesting is she has a very good record of Shova, and she has a, a, an all-court game with a lot of variety, which can really you know, stump a lot of opponents, as Sablenka, um, who she beat in the semis, said. And she said it's hard to get a rhythm against her. Um, and remember, Sablenka at uh, match points, and uh, Shova came back and won that, you know, like 7-6 in the third. Oh, sorry, 7-5 in the third. So, but when you look at the matchup, these two, they're both similar. They can both have a lot of variety. But Schwantek is just the ball a little bit earlier. Um, it's had more um, in experience in this particular side of things in the finals. Um, it's, I feel that, you know, it's, it's amazing that Shova, um, I love these pronunciations, don't you, Ian? Mm-hmm. You know, getting there, she's 26 <laughs> years of age. She's got a shot. And she, they did, they have played before, but that was in 2019. And the Czech actually won that particular encounter, but that was a long time ago. She's now 26. Shontek is 22, as I mentioned. I just mm. think it's going to be quite an enthralling match. Um, I just think Shontek will just have a little bit too much experience. Looking outside those players that have uh, managed to make it injury free, um, we we've got to now start looking and asking questions about. 
the futures now of uh, Nadal, of Andy Murray, etc. Uh, Djokovic looks like he's, his legs are going to hold out for a little bit longer, but are we seeing the last <laughs> of these guys, or possibly have we? I mean, we've asked this question for a while, I guess, but I think reality's kicking in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Nadal, what, he's just turned 37, he just had his birthday, was it yesterday or, or just, mm. late, just lately? Um, I don't know, I really, you know, he's done it a number of times, I don't know how he can come back and play to the level that will be, you know, sufficient for him. It'll be more about how he wants to go out now, I think. Um, I, just, I just don't know if he can come back. Um, and also, you know, what's really cool about the circuit is all these, all these players are actually getting better and they're having self-belief at a lot younger age. Um, so it's going to be very, very tough. Um, but again, I, I, don't know, I don't know what how he feels, but, you, you know, as you all the press talk about Nadal, um, you know, they're saying that he really needs to, to feel like he... He really wants to be there. He can compete physically. Otherwise, he won't come back. Um, I, just, I just don't see it this time. You know, I just don't see how he's going to do that. Um, I hope he does. There's a lot of people that miss him on the circuit, as they obviously miss, have missed Federer. Um, Djokovic, quite incredible. Djokovic, you know, he could play for another year or two years. Um, you know, there's no stopping him, really. But um, I don't know, Ian, what you think about it. I just think it's yeah. it's really going to be how their heart feels. But, you know, age does catch up with you, really, doesn't it? But it doesn't catch up with it us. Does. It does. Really. We're fit no, athletes. Where we go. Uh, I, I notice you and I are on the north. We're, both of us are feeling truly on the north side of 60, David. Uh, for me, that seems... Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, about me, I'm not surprised. But about you, um, I, I, I didn't realise. What are you doing these days, anyway, with yourself? Oh, look, I'm, uh, I'm uh, the head pro at the Bay Rackets Club. Um, and, and, they, and, and it's, uh, yeah, I just, I do a lot of hours on court coaching still, coaching juniors to, to seniors, um, do a lot of different type of sessions and um, development stuff. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and running little events and things like that. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm always busy coaching, always out there doing my hours, which Ian, I, pretty, I guess I'll be doing it until, you know, until maybe I see the perfect forehand being struck and that's it. And I just fall down and go, that was it. Um, that's me. Game, set, and match. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. enjoy, I enjoy it. It's, it's something I've been doing a long, long time. And, yeah, and I like to follow tennis. I also, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I just find it really interesting um, how the games are all developing in, in all sports, really, and, and what's happening. But it, uh, what amazes me is now the training methods, how specific all the training is for all the athletes, you know, and you can see that all on YouTube and what have you. It's, it's quite phenomenal um, how the athletes are trained now, and that's such a big difference because, uh, you know, it's just, it's just more competitive, you know. Anyway, I'm can digressing you get, in. Can you, Look, great game. No, you're, no, doing well. no, you're not, because my next question is this, and you're very much responsible for part of this. Uh, have we an Alcaraz or someone on the horizon? Is there a name or a number of uh, youngsters you're seeing which at least can make uh, tournament play at uh, WTA or ATP? Look, um, Ian, honestly, I don't, I don't deal with that side so much. I do it at club level when then those kids will go to, to other programs where there's more depth in the programs. Um, I, I, I know, and this is the honest truth, I know we've, we've had players along the way over the last you know, number of years that actually have the ability 
uh, technically and athletically to be able to compete. But they have to have the belief and they have to go away and be around the competitive and, and successful people to even have a shot, let alone mm. financially. And that's, I think there, there's always been players in New Zealand, you know, at younger age bracket levels, but when they've gone out um, to be around the other big players and ITF junior events and what have you, um, sometimes haven't had the self-belief and the honesty in saying, right, can I come up to the level that I'm around? That's the only way you understand it. That's why tournament play is very important. They need to do that in New Zealand to get more international players playing. There's a whole thing we can go into. But I believe there are players that could do well, but it's just hard because they're not around it all the time and the self-belief. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to explain that. It's, it's, you know, sometimes we do have the time. If there's only you and there's, there's not a lot around you that are pushing you, um, and being realistic, um, you, you have no chance because you have to feel like you belong in it. I think you know what I mean. Yeah. I do, David, but I was very much in a team environment. Yours is very much um, an individual drive that you're looking for um, on a daily basis, and that is a unique quality in any young person. Yes, it is. But it's what's interesting. Also, you, you, it is an individual sport. Obviously, doubles is you know you got your teammate and stuff like that, which is great, which gives you long longevity for a um, big word for me. Um, you know, to be able to to play longer in your career with singles and doubles is great. But you know, you, there is kind of a team effect that you're with other players and somewhere where you train together. And you know, as you make do better. The catch twenty two situation, you tend to have, be able to afford to have more support, um, mm. and I, I just, I just think there is a team of things around it. But you got to feel like you belong when you get into different levels of the sport, and that's something that sometimes Kiwis have actually um, struggled with. Um, but yeah, I, look, it's, it's a hardy, and it's it's frustrating because it's kind of kind of straightforward what you have to do. But you have to get in and be realistic and, and do the work, but around people that are positive and the energy and, and then you are realistic that you can go with. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit deep there, but that's pretty much how it is, you know. And I always find that if, if someone doesn't have the money, if they, if they play and they really want it, the money kind of does come in, does kind of appear somehow. I don't know. That sounds a bit pie-in-the-sky stuff, but... It does if you're showing you're working hard and you know and you get you're out there trying it if you understand what I mean. David Mustard, I do understand what you mean uh, fully, and um, I, uh, I I really appreciate your time this morning, David, um, with your um, your review of what's happened with uh, the French Open and what's about to unfold over the weekend. Uh, enjoy watching, uh, and again, uh, have a terrific weekend. Thanks so much for your input. It's a great sport. Take it easy.